Conservation Tribe. I'm your host, Blaine Edwards, aka Earth Offline. On this podcast, I talk with a range of conservationists every single week, from scientists, students, creatives, innovators, and everyone in between. I hope this can be a platform for conservationists to share their story, educate, collaborate, and ultimately inspire action. So if you want to join our conservation tribe, then make sure to hit subscribe and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to the Conservation Tribe. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, Maria Abadella, founder and chairperson of Orangutan Alliance. So Maria, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. Great to be here. I am very much looking forward to this conversation. Um, in my opinion, I think you're a very important piece to this conservation puzzle, being the leader of Orangutan Alliance and the work you guys do. Uh, which is in comparison to me, who's relatively new to the space and, to be honest, trying to figure out what kind of role I can have as a conservationist and what kind of impact I could have. So on that, I'm, I'm very grateful for you taking the time to talk to me and be on this podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you too. And and um, on that, basically, um, I remember having conserva- uh, a conversation with someone and um, they said to me, so Maria, are you a con- conservationist? And I said, well, you know, I had to think about that because I have, you know, in terms of how I saw a conservationist in their formal qualification, in my mind, every single one of us can be a conservationist and take our role. And for me, you know, Blaine, you are doing that already by, you know, sharing the word and um, really covering all the trailblazers that are working to, towards um, a sustainable um, planet on your podcast. So well done. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, there's a lot I want to talk about today from the environment, environmental impacts of palm oil and the work you guys do to try and address those problems. Uh, also thought it'd be a good time to talk about our podcast, not this podcast, another one that we're currently working on called Eco Impactors. But before we do any of that, can you please introduce yourself to the podcast? Right. So basically, I'm the chairperson of Orangutan Alliance. We're a not-for-profit social enterprise, and we administer the Palm Oil Free Certification Mark. And um, beyond administering uh, the certification, we also provide advocacy to support the work that, um, you know, people working on conservation um, in areas affected by conflict palm oil. We sort of support um, through advocacy, but we also support through impact projects um, that help fundraise or um, create new solutions to support their work. Mm-hmm. Love the concept. Was there, What inspired this project? Look, I think, um, you know, a lot of people in um, the space that have been following um, the conflict palm oil issue, they were frustrated in terms of, um, you know, how can they assist, how can um, they respond, you know, beyond, you know, just signing petitions, which is also important. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, during that time, I actually saw, I, you know, I'm, I'm a member of the food industry and some of the people that I work with are members of the cosmetic industry. We saw that there needed to be a response in terms of um, supporting consumer choice in this issue, but also supporting the industry to, to see that there was um, a need to develop deforestation-free solutions and ingredients. So that's why we essentially developed um, Orangutan Alliance 
so to support the conservationists through industry. Mm-hmm. So you, you provide a palm oil free certification, which businesses can subscribe to through through your organization? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think it's very important. Um, I love what you guys are doing because um, it explores that economic, that business realm which is very important. Like when I look at conservation, I, I look look at it in terms of, you know, does it make sense ecologically? Does it make sense economically? And does it make sense ethically? And I think one thing that's probably has been missed in my humble opinion is there's not enough focus on how it makes, how conservation makes sense economically because that is the reality of the world and it has to make sense in that realm as well. Yeah. For it to yeah. be sustainable. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think um, it's actually a breath of fresh air, you know, for me in this space to to meet trailblazers and innovators that are actually, you know, considering how, um, you know, they create a new economy. I, I talk about it, a new economy that is actually, um, it's, I, I've termed up this new word, G4 innovation, you know, good for, for me, good for the planet, um, good for people and good for profit. And I think it's very pos- very much possible to do that. And more and more consumers are wanting um, that good for the planet as part of their whole purchase choice. I like that. What's that? G4. G4 innovation. And this is your invention, G4. Well, I came from a G4 summit. I just called it a G4 innovation. Right, yeah. I like that. That kind of aligns with how I define purpose. So for me, purpose, what I'm currently in the pursuit of is the intersection of what makes you happy, what you're good at, what can make you money and what adds value to the world. So if you can find something, a lifestyle or a career that where those, all those four things overlap, that in my opinion is purpose. And that kind of speaks to what um, that G4 is about. Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, so palm oil. A lot of people think of palm oil, they're aware of it somewhat and they understand that it's probably not the best thing in the world. But can you briefly talk about kind of what palm oil actually is and the the negative effect that it is currently having on the, the environment? Um, look, palm oil has got a lot of uses as a um, commodity, as a plant. You know, you can use it um, in quite a lot of products, whether that's baking goods, ice cream, a lot of the processed food that we consume. If you buy bread, if you are using margarine, it's probably in there. Um, so it's 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 used in a lot of products and even cosmetics and toothpaste that we have um, in our cupboards today. And um, when it's produced non-sustainably, and um, currently a lot of it is is under you know non-sustainable production, it has a lot of impact in terms of biodiversity loss. It's been attributed to climate impact. Um, it also has issues in terms of um, land grabbing. So there's quite a lot of um, non-sustainable impacts in in the way that it's cultivated. Mm-hmm. Mm, so it has an effect on the whole ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. Biodiversity loss is, mm-hmm. is one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but orangutans seem to be the kind of the poster child, the poster animal for this, for palm oil. 
why is that the case? Is, was that kind of just a coincidence or are they more affected than other species? Look, there's actually, um, according to the IUCN, there's actually 193 species that's affected, um, you know, on this issue worldwide. So palm oil is actually not just grown in, in Asia. It's grown in, in Africa and South America and a lot of other countries. Mm-hmm. However, the top two producing countries are actually in, in Asia and um you know, Indonesia is probably the largest, and mm. that's why the orangutans become that um, that poster child that you say because you know they're found in Indonesia and um, they're critically endangered, mm. and they're also the poster child because um, they're a, a, you know a keystone species. They're an important part of the the ecological um, and biodiversity of those regions, mm. and um, you know they're good in terms of seed dispersing, and when you protect one, you know, one orangutan, you protect other um, species living in that forest. Mm-hmm. You're talking about kind of their ecological role and kind of their contribution to the ecosystem, I think, is really important because uh, people often have the mentality of why should I help this person, this animal, this thing, like what's in it for me? Um, so kind of clarifying um you know, orangutans and what role they play is, I think, important. So to add to that question, um, why should we care about orangutans and why should we want to conserve them? Yeah. Look, um, you know, I think it's been mentioned before, they share 97% of our DNA. They're probably our closest relative. And there's not really many of them left. You know, when um, if orangutans go, that whole seed dispersing um um, activity that they do in the forest, you know, won't happen anymore. And that affects basically plant life, but it also affects all the different um, species that um, rely on that forest canopy. Mm-hmm. So they're really an important species to protect. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So this palm oil industry and the problems that arise from it, um, it seems to be a heavy influence of um, awareness and being aware of kind of the negative impacts, but also awareness of the products that are associated with this industry. So can you speak about what products are currently using this product and products that we should be looking out for potentially? Look, I mean, we probably um, purchase, you know, quite a lot of those different types of products, you know, whether it's toothpaste, shampoo, um, you know, your hair gel might even have it. Um, things in your shopping trolley, as I mentioned previously, whether that's ice cream, that's bread, um, spreads, margarines, frozen food. So, you know, quite a lot of the things that you would you would normally purchase mm-hmm. have it. So that is everywhere, pretty much. Yes. <laughs> so one problem I wasn't actually aware of until I was looking at your website was the fact that palm oil there's many different names for it. So if you look at a product and you look at the ingredient list, it's not always palm oil. It has some other name associated with it. Can you speak about like that? How many different names are associated with this? And what can we look out for if we are in the shop and looking at the ingredient list? 
So, so look, there's actually hundreds. There's more than 200. There's more than 300. There's actually more than 500 names around this area, but we everyone just thinks it's 200. There's actually a lot more. And um, the problem is that there's no mandatory labelling around um, palm oil at the moment, and it can come in so many different names, whether that's glycerin, isosteric acid, vegetable oil, um, lecithin, there's a lot of names that it can come under that um, without, you know, further investigation, you would not know whether it's palm oil or a, a palm oil derivative. Mm-hmm. This is something that really gets me going, like transparency. Like how can there be 500 different names for this thing? Yeah. Well, look, in some countries where it's legislated that they, they have to declare it, um, you know, that Europe has some of that um, those laws and in the U.S., they can have some, you know, level of um, checks for some products, you know, where it, it has to be declared. But unfortunately here in Australia and New Zealand, we, we don't have that. So, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why we've certainly um, developed our mark is a, as a response to support consumer choice in this area. But um, also, you know, we work with other people that have um, did an amazing job in terms of developing apps and um, we support their work, you know, that assist consumers that are, are wanting to have more choice on this topic. Mm-hmm. Are there any alternatives to palm oil? Look, um, there's a few that's currently under development. You know, you, um, I think some of the things that we've we've spoken about, we've seen in the news recently, is you know, new innovators. Um, for example, Revive Eco that is um, formulating um, oils through through coffee waste. There's new um, developments in terms of algae. And then you've got other oils that are actually not um, developed in the equatorial region that has, you know, has got impact um, in that biodiversity, you know, in that space where there's quite a lot of, um, you know, plants and animals that are endangered. Mm-hmm. So as part of Orangutan Alliance, you offer this palm oil free certification. So we touched on before kind of how important it is to actually make sense economically. So from a business perspective, perspective what incentive is there for them to kind of be palm oil certified well firstly um palm oil free certified sorry yes yeah so firstly um there's a lot of consumers wanting to have um choice in this area and there's some that want to go palm oil free some that are looking for deforestation free alternatives and they can't easily identify that so um it helps your product in terms of, you know, sharing your claim to to your customers in terms of what you 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 might not have. So in in this case, they don't have palm oil in in their ingredient list, but also it assists in terms of um, you know getting manufacturers to think about alternative ingredients as a response because people are looking for it, people are wanting sustainable choices. So that whole demand, consumer demand, is helping reshape the whole ingredient um, supply economy, essentially, mm. to make it a bit more responsible. Mm. So that's that's a, a good environmental benefit. But beyond that, having um, the certification seal um, helps sh- share that claim. But also when you have an Orangutan Alliance um, seal on your product, 
um, we do advocacy in this space, but we also, um, we're, as a registered not-for-profit, we give back to conservation. Mm-hmm. So it provides them a point of difference. Yes. As well. Yeah. From, from that business perspective, they can say that we are this and my competitor isn't this, therefore buy from me. Well, customers need are not silly. They will look at a whole lot of other things, not just that. So, you know, that's one claim that they can have, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's important. So as, as consumers, um, if we, you know, through that supply and demand model, if we buy these products, then more businesses will hop on that trend. Well, it's, it's kind of like that vegan trend, you know, before vegan became a big market opportunity that everyone was looking at, it was really, you know, um, people wanting to search for alternative, um, you, you know, forms of meat. You know, now you've got self, when I say alternative sources of meat, it's alternative sources of protein that's not, you know, requiring um, us to, to kill an animal. So they've created that new industry and that's a vegan industry. And I think, you know, Part of that whole sustainable oil options will come from um, the demand of consumers wanting deforestation-free alternatives. Mm-hmm. That veganism thing something um, I'm very interested in, not specifically veganism, but this idea of these trends, these eco-trends, if you will, and people jumping on the bandwagon because it is trending. Like, I think that's, that really intrigues me because the reason perhaps isn't to save the planet. The reason is because it's trending and it's probably a, a cool thing to say to your friends. But still, the byproduct is the planet will be healthier. Yeah. Does well, that make sense? I find that really intriguing. So, um, what I say to people is um, it's interesting because um, some people think it's a trend. I actually believe it's fast becoming a lifestyle choice. Mm-hmm. So people, are, um, when when they choose something, it's not like I'm vegan one day and then the next day I'm not, mm-hmm. um, or I'm I want to choose cruelty free and then next week I choose to to be cruel. Mm-hmm. I think it's fast becoming um, a lifestyle um, choice, and the whole lifestyle choice will carry on as, you know, the younger generations become older. They will be looking for businesses um, that, yes, they profit, but also they care for the planet. So profit and and good for profit and good for the planet is actually part of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that will, that trend or that lifestyle um, choice will continue on um, because that's going to be the norm. Mm-hmm. So with the Orangutan Alliance, do you have an ultimate vision? Look, um, uh, our vision with Orangutan Alliance is really to support consumer choice in this space and to encourage innovation from the industry in terms of, you know, sustainable alternatives in um, in terms of ingredients. And, and beyond that, it's really providing measurable impacts beyond the certification scheme, whether it's the projects that we do, um, the events that we provide that actually also support the work of, um, you know, people in that conservation or research and technology field. Mm -hmm. So it's really having measurable impact um, in that space. That's our vision. Mm -hmm. Hmm. When did Orangutan Alliance start? 
Uh, Orangutan Alliance is, uh, you know, several years old. We're still young, but we punch way above our weight. Um, and, um, you know, we've got an international team. So I think, um, you know, the time frame, even with innovators now, uh, it's not about when you start, it's how big an impact you can make in that time frame. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of veering off script a wee bit, but um, yeah, like I mentioned before, I'm fascinated with kind of this model of a conservational model which um, integrates kind of business as well and works with other businesses. Um, it seems to me that there's a stigma around money and that money is inherently evil and therefore you can't really associate money with conservation. In my opinion, that's very dangerous. What's your thought on that? I think um, it's possible to have both, you know, and the only way that the social proof to that is is having, um, you know, seeing new businesses that are already doing that. So let me give you an example. So, you, you, I mean, in Australia, New Zealand, you've got Thank You that's already doing socially good projects, giving back, yet amazingly introducing new categories in the supermarket. So there's more and more businesses like that that are coming up. You know, in cosmetics, you've got, um, you know, different businesses that also adopt that model. So I sell, I do good, I fulfill consumer um, demand, but also I give back. So I think sometimes people um, overthink it mm-hmm. and I think you just need to, to um, look at how can my business be purposeful, how can I um, still fulfill consumer demand and what part of that demand um, is you know will will have the biggest impact in terms of their purchase choice, but also for the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, um, yeah, money isn't money is important. It's an important thing to consider. It's it's not bad. It's neutral. Uh, it's what it's it becomes problematic when we um, potentially on how we make the money and how we spend it. So. Yeah, I think we can definitely do business in a way that generates an income but also uh, is beneficial and makes a positive impact on our planet and I think that's what we should be working towards. Um, I think when we do that, that's where we get sustainable conservation and at scale because you benefit but everyone else benefits as well and you need a model where you as a business benefits or or else I don't think there's going to be mass adoption. Yeah, I think, um, look, a lot more people nowadays are looking for um, um, purpose in what they do. And I think one way of of adding that purpose is what can I do in what I already know and the skill sets that I have Mm -hmm. that um, is meaningful for the things that I value most. And, And a lot of times those values relate to some kind of social impact that people really care about. Mm-hmm. So, so one thing I mentioned before was there are many forms of conservationists. And for me, one challenge that I'm trying to figure out is what kind of conservationist I am. You know, you can have, you can be a scientist, you can be a researcher, you can be a creative. There's many different forms a conservationist can take. What kind of a conservationist are you? I think um, 
putting labels on those types of things is, um, you know, very limiting. And all I say to people is, I'm just one person that decided to care. And if you just start with that premise as in, I care about this issue, I want to make an impact, and I want to have open conversations about it, explore opportunities for innovation, and just start with that, then you don't have the label to dictate how you should, you know, you should be like. So I think just a conservationist, someone who cares about an issue and willing to do something about it, that's the kind of person I am. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think that's a really good way to look at it. Um, it can be dangerous if we if we assign too many labels to things because it puts us in a box. And, um, you know, you kind of think that you need to be living by these set of rules in order to f- satisfy that label, but then you miss, potentially miss out on opportunities. So, yeah, I think you need a, yeah, if a conservationist is someone that wants to do the part to, protect our planet or do their part to make a positive impact on our yeah. planet um it's interesting you know i saw one of the questions that you asked and um you know you know how do we leave the the podcast with with a question uh, a posing question to people and one of the things i wrote down is um we can no longer leave um everything just to the conservationists um you know in terms of just the protection of the planet or endangered species, because each one of us has has actually got a role to play in in what we do, how we purchase, in how we vote, and um, we have that individual responsibility. So I think we need to work with conservationists and support them, but working with them is not just about donations, it's about what we do in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, and it's all about being a good um, ecological citizen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which includes just your daily actions. Yeah. Your, what you buy, what how you live, just everything. Just be an ecological citizen. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think everyone can be a conservationist and it can take many shapes and sizes. Um, we all have a role to play. And we all have a story to tell and they are all important in their own ways. Um, that's, I guess, the the whole reason behind this podcast is Conservation Tribe is um, I want to speak to the whole array of conservationists out there because I think I don't come from a, my background is architecture. You know, I my whole degree was on the built environment and I finished that and now I'm passionate about the, you know, the natural environment. Although I've always been interested in that, but I kind of, it's taken me these years to kind of come to that realization. But um, yeah, even like I don't, yeah, that was probably. I think Blaine, new ways of thinking can come from people outside the industry, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think having people care outside the industry because everyone that sits on the conservation space is already converted Mm-hmm. So it's really important that people like yourself, people like myself outside that area um, care because it's those new ways of innovation, new ways of thinking mm-hmm. that um, can assist and support the work that that these people um, working in the environmental innovation space already do. Mm-hmm. So um, don't for a minute think that it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense because I think um, 
what you do helps amplify the messages of all these amazing trailblazers. Mm-hmm. So speaking of trailblazers, this is probably a good segue to our, our podcast that we're currently working on. So eco-impactors, what kind of a podcast do you want that to be? So um, for everyone listening um, on this podcast, we're collaborating um, with Blaine to actually um, launch our first podcast with Orangutan Alliance and it's called Eco Impactors and we're very blessed to have him as our um, a podcast DJ and really it's um, about amplifying um, the message of conservation of the planet and we will be, well, he will be interviewing people that um, are actually creating, you know, steps towards, you know, G4 innovation, which I talked about before, good for the planet, good for people, good for business and me. And we will be interviewing amazing people, not just in conservation, but others in innovation as well. So look out for it. Look out for it. I'm really excited for this project. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for joining the team. (laughs) The OA team. So the brings us to the last question. Um, so you talked about it earlier, the question of the day. So is there a question you want to leave to the listeners that they can ponder on? Um, you, the final thing that I would probably say is we can all do our bit. We, you know, I think it's more important than ever that we actually participate in the conversations that's happening that impacts us all, you know, impacts the planet, impacts biodiversity. So what are you going to do in your daily life, in your job, um, through your skills, through your voluntary networks or community networks, that ensures that you're a good ecological citizen. And and that means, you know, whatever you define that as um, in terms of your values. So Mm -hmm. what are you doing to make and create that impact? Mm -hmm. I think that's a great question and a great and a relevant question as well. Um, so on that note, I think um, that might be us unless there's anything else you want to talk about. Yes, if you want to follow us, um, please um, follow us on Instagram or on our Twitter feed or Facebook um, at Orangutan Alliance. Our website is also www.orangutanalliance.org. We're always looking for um, people wanting to help and um, clever people, not necessarily just in in conservation. So drop us a line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely do that. Okay, Maria, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Blaine. I know you're a busy lady, so yeah, appreciate you um, taking the time to have a chat to me today. I think there was a lot of valuable insights into uh, the the work that you guys do at Orangutan Alliance. So yeah, really appreciate it. Thanks everyone for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please feel free to subscribe. And if you want to be an extra legend, then please also leave a review. It really does help grow the channel. Thanks again, and I will see you in the next episode.